Alrighty, hello everybody. So today I have another very special guest. All of my guests are very, very special. Um, now we're talking to Joel today. Joel is the founder of an incredible mental health startup called MindUp, which is something very close to my heart as I am actually working as a rapid transformational therapist on this platform and seeing many different clients daily to help them overcome their stuff. I think I joined the platform, the MindUp team in the summer of 2019. Um, and since then, Joel and I have liaised frequent, frequently and become great colleagues and also friends. So obviously I wanted to get Joel onto the podcast. Um, as well as being a qualified mindfulness practitioner and certified life coach, Joel has a passion for helping people with mental health issues. And Joel launched MindUp in February 2020 after having his own mental health journey and has grown the business significantly, where it is now servicing over 30,000 employees from top global brands, including Dentons, Savills, and Premier Mitten investors across the world. So MindUp has been backed by private equity firm CVC Capital Partners, the London Stock Exchange Group the Centre for Entrepreneurs, and MindUp has also partnered with CVC to launch the MindUp in collaboration with the NHS, which will provide thousands of free mental health sessions to NHS staff over the next 12 months. So Joel, what an introduction. Yeah, and, and this is why, mainly why we wanted to, you know, talk today, isn't it, Joel? Because I think off the back of your journey, you've managed to create something really incredible to help so many other people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wanted to, you know, I created my to help people in my situation and ensure that, you know, no other people sort of suffered when they're working in these large companies who seem to have lacked, you know, good mental health care. So um, like my, my personal journey was um, in November 2018, I had a physical illness that left me in and out of hospital for eight months. It was un undiagnosed for that whole time. And I was working, as I mentioned, in you know, a, bit, a large accountancy firm and you know, 20 plus thousand employees across the whole world. And you would expect them to have fantastic mental health support, but unfortunately they didn't. The only mm -hmm. thing they had was just counseling. So just one area of the mental health spectrum and to access it was really difficult. You know, you had to speak to your line manager, then you had to disclose to regional HR, then you had to go through occupational health. And um, after actually starting off that process, I gave up and I paid for counselling privately. Um, but to my surprise, you know, after thinking, you know, counselling could sort of cure everything back then, you know, because that's the that was the only solution on offer for me that was kind of pushed to me. I thought I tried it privately and it didn't work for me. It was very much focused on the past and sort of it wasn't as solutions based as what I anticipated and what I needed right then for the, you know, for that moment in time. So I actually came away from it thinking, you know, what do I do now and felt very lost. And I actually then after my own independent research came across life coaching and mm -hmm. found Jermaine online and um, he totally changed my whole life around. And it was, you know, from that moment onwards that I wanted to change the way organizations do things but then also show the world that there isn't a single solution to mental health and you've got to find what's right for you. You know, uh, counseling might be right for some points in my life, but it wasn't right for that exact point, but life coaching was. And, you know, since then I've had CBT therapy because that suited me for 
particular time in my life and then now I'm back onto life coaching and stuff so it's got to be treated more fluidly and that's what sort of mind up does now to help bridge that gap and stop the one size fits all approach to mental health yeah exactly and then this is the thing with with therapy and and when you are kind of talking on a deep level about your stuff to other people it is important as you say to be fluid and it's important to be very intuitive and and that's why mind up provides the you know employees with a range of different therapists so that they can just go off the people the people that resonate with them right and um if I look at myself as a therapist for example like I know for some people my method is not going to work but for some people it's really really going to ring true and and resonate and really help um so Joel let's just strip it back a little bit how old are you 27. 27. So how old were you in 2018 when you were working for this big firm? Um, must have been 25, 24, 25 when it all started. Yeah. Right. And that's when, you know, your mental health took a little bit of a dip, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first, I think that that was the first time um, in my life where I had uh, depression on a sustained basis where, you know, it just wouldn't go. Mm. That physical issue that I had. Okay. And so kind of whilst we're on the topic of that, as you know, I ask every single guest that comes on, on the show, what is your not enough? What was at that point when you were struggling, when you were going through your issues, what was your not enough? Um, I think it was not having access to the right support that I needed. You know, I was left alone, basically. Mm. You know, I was literally, I didn't know what to do, where to turn to. My manager didn't even know what solutions were even the company offered which was crazy to think, you know, with a large corporate company. And it was, there was a lot of stigma as well within the organization. So, you know, even though you said you were struggling, people would kind of say, oh, you seem all okay, you seem fine, you know, but it was um, that kind of tick box or fob off attitude rather than being very proactive. and that, that was the problem where, you know, I felt lonely because I was genuinely alone, with, left with no support. Yeah. And that's that's very young, Joel, as especially as a, as a man, I think, because mental health with men is a stigma in itself. But let alone to be 24 and 20, 25 and, and notice and, and try and do something about that. That's no wonder you felt alone, right? Because there's not many other people your age doing that. Yeah. And I think, you know, Back then, you know, it's, in, it's improving every year, but um, back then I would say people spoke about mental health less, you know, mm. and as we've gone through the years, people are becoming more accepted of it because they're seeing more news coverage. They're seeing, you know, people are starting to open up towards it because of how much exposure there is now. Mm, definitely, yeah. And as you, as you say, like it is improving every year. And, and to think that you you went through that in 2018. I mean, that's not that long ago, really. Yeah, yeah, not too long ago. We're, you know, two, three years ago now, two and a half years ago. So, um, yeah, it's been, you know, Mind Up's been a rapid sort of journey really to go through um, in that short space time too. Definitely, 100%. And um, kind of going back to what you were saying about how at that stage in your life, counselling wasn't the best solution for you. I think, you know, we live in a world now where there's so much out there to do with mental health. There's so much information and there's so many different services that you can help yourself with. Um, 
And people want a, a quick fix, don't they? People want to uh, feel better very quickly. And there's no su- there's really no such thing as a quick fix, but this is where taking more proactive steps to help overcome your stuff is, is really going to help you much more in, in the long term, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, the, the thing is when you find the right practitioner and the right specialism, then things can click very easily. And as you know, with probably your clients, Grace, they can achieve massive benefits just in one session, mm. even if it's a 30 minute, 60 minute session, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's the whole, one of the whole premises of mind up is, you know, is finding is, t- you know, a tailored solution that's right for you. You know, we're trying to show that mental health is for everyone at any point in your life. You don't have to be at the end of your tether. And the whole premise is you've got to choose who's right for you as well. Mm. Yeah. So that's what the platform does. And then when you get that, you know, it can, it could be a quick fix as in one session, you can get value, but then obviously mm. over time you're working on it to be a more cemented fix in your life. Yeah. So after having gone through what you've been through, Joel, on a personal level at 24, 25 years old, would you say that you are, you have cemented those, those good habits and behaviors and thoughts and all that sort of thing? Um, a lot of them, but life is always a learning curve. So everyone's getting new situations, new scenarios thrown at them, added pressures and mental health is very fluid I find you know you can't just learn it and never practice it or do it again you know it's a continuous thing you've got to build upon it and keep adding to those tools and techniques keep learning, trialing lots of different things and over time you start to become a lot better at dealing with certain situations like yeah. for instance now I've got lots of go-to mindfulness techniques to bring me more present I've got um, stress reduction uh, techniques, goal setting techniques that I use on a daily basis that really help keep me at a good level for longer. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. And again, with that stuff, it's finding what works for you and, and creating little like daily rituals and routines so that you can maintain those good vibes that you've set yourself up for. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah building them into your life you know as soon as you you I think it takes people say three weeks to build a habit of things so you know there's certain certain tools techniques that I use now in my everyday life I don't even think about using them you know they're just so ingrained but Mm. they're helping me on a day-to-day basis but you don't even realize you know until you think about it yeah exactly and they they become I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before but those things become as important to you as things like brushing your teeth in the morning because that is that is what gets you into the optimal mental health state. Um, yeah. So yeah, super important. Um, now I, I really just I think it's like incredible what you've created off the back of your challenges and your struggles and at, at such a young age. So I think you are like, uh, I guess a firsthand um, experience of someone that has created something so special a time of you know deep deep need um do you think that do you think that that's because I think so often when we're we're in a really kind of low point in our life it's very difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel but can you kind of help others feel and inspire others to believe that there is so much growth that can come out of that 
Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when I was ill um, for eight months with that undiagnosed condition, there that's exactly how I felt. It was never ending. It would never end. And that's the mindset I had. But uh, with all these sort of high pressure situations, there's always going to be an endpoint. And that's the key thing. It's just um, one of my friends, actually, when I was talking to him, it's very, very similar to counselling. You know, me and him, um, his name's Miles, me and him talk a lot on sort of a counselling level where we share lots of things and, you know, just listen to each other, mm-hmm. which is really good. It really does help. And he he even said at that point and a few other points in my life, you know, it's um, it's just got to be thought of It's a moment in time. And it's not forever. And it's just, you'd have to get through those moments. It could last months. It could last however long it does last. But um, it's that mindset, really. And that there is obviously light at the end of the tunnel. And most situations, if not all, there will be an end point at some some point, whatever it is. And it's when you accept that and then basically live live that as well, you know, then, then you can start being quite fulfilled because you know, you'll be more present, you'll stop worrying about the future and the past as much and have sort of um, bigger fulfillment in all the different tasks that you do. Love that, Joel. That is music to my ears. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think that if we, if things seem more permanent than they are, then we attach ourselves to these stories and we attach ourselves to these labels like I have anxiety or I have depression. Then it's very difficult to detach yourself from that. And it's very difficult to overcome it. Uh, whereas, as you say, you know, we're always going to have days, good days, bad days, neutral days. And it's just kind of riding the wave and learning how to control that as and when it comes yeah definitely I agree love it so um talk to us a little bit Joel about how you managed to uh create mind up and and have it so successful now in such a short frame of time yes so um I joined so after the accountancy company I actually left um so I left there and then um I joined a program called the center of entrepreneurs neth program and it's a like startup um educational program for you know high growth young founders who want to try and scale something to change the world and that is the key thing that really helped me um they placed you in a startup as part of um so that's the technology ai machine learning startup that i was in to learn plus you'd run your start uh, your own startup on the side as well so you'd have mm. and you'd have in-person workshops with a cohort of other founders and it was fantastic really so that gave me really good foundations and base that i needed to um you know learn how to take a startup you know from like say zero to a million revenue you know in that initial bits you know you first you're trying to take it to 100k and then 100k to a million they're all different journeys mm. and each of those stages is totally different when you're going through it, you know, you have to go from just you managing yourself to then managing a team, then to managing investors and other stakeholders. And um, yeah, so that, that was a great thing. I, I secured like one of my first clients, the office group in February 2020, when MindUp was just an idea. Mm-hmm. And then that went really well. And then um, we then secured client two, three, four, and we had a big break securing Savills, um, the global real estate firm, which really changed the space for us. Mm. And after re- finding really good product market fit um, with Savills and a few big clients, then it was just all about trying to scale it as, um, as you know as, as fast as possible when trying to you know get out and helping as many 
people around the world as possible. And from what started as just being a UK business has now grown. We're servicing over 30 plus countries now and almost wow. 50,000 employees around the world have access to um, our platform. So it's, um, it's just been an amazing journey in a very short space of time. And we're now five full-time employees wow. as well. So we've got um, this amazing, amazing team around me and um, hopefully we'll be a team of 10 by the end of the year and just going to keep growing now. Oh, that is literally incredible. Love it. So what's the goal then with Mind Up? We keep growing, keep growing to what? Yeah, I mean, we want to become the world's go-to mental health solution and, you know, be known as the, the number one player in, in, in the space because, you know, we are the only player offering the full range of solutions and the whole spectrum. But we are, I would say, the only player that is actually in this space, not just for the money as well. We're in it for all the right reasons, which is why we run our volunteering programs. We our prices are so much cheaper than like other competitors in the space that have raised like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or pounds. Mm. And, um, you know, the two reasons why I created the company is to help people and to create mind up as being profitable as well. So we can continue to help people as well. They both go hand in hand, but, um, we're never going to lose that aspect of helping others. And that's why we're still going to run things like we do with giving free NHS support and, other factors and um you know gonna grow try and grow organically um like that way too Mm, that's amazing and and I definitely think that that's when companies are the most successful when they when they stick to their ethics and they stick to like their whys why they set it up in the first place and that just leads to Mm. so much success because it's so authentic isn't it yeah definitely and you know it's it's um I've always tried to be in things for the right reason as well. And, and you know, it, sit, it does sit well with me. It gives you a lot of fulfillment in your life. You know, I've, I've always liked helping people too, which is, um, you know, what, one of the reasons that every day I am very fulfilled and happy and stuff in my role. And mm. I, I just wish there were, you know, there's lots of other good companies out there in the mental health space doing it like us. But then you also get some of the massive players where it's hard to compete against because they've got so much, so many employees against you. And then they're, they've got so much money behind them as well, you know, at very yeah. early stage. And then we're trying to compete too. But um, I think it's all about that balance and having our, our morals and ethics, I think really does shine mm. um, on our sales calls and when we're speaking to clients too. Mm, definitely. And to say that you are truly fulfilled every single day. I mean, that's, that's such a gift, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's taken um, a long time for me to get there with other roles. I haven't felt like this, but because it's it's very difficult not to be when you're helping so many people every single day and, you know, on email, on phone and receiving such positive feedback from clients. It's, um, you know, it's fantastic, really. It makes it enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. So you must have experienced like quite a... a a little bit of stress through this growth over the last few months yeah definitely I think um even though you know I I am working very long hours at the moment and sometimes my well-being can be um you know can decline but I am trying to build into my schedule all the things that I've learned well-being half an hour in the afternoon putting Mm. my phone away for lunch times trying to get that balance back again because it is very stressful and we are hiring a lot of roles so I can then delegate more of my work out. But I've yeah. just got to wait at the moment. And, you know, some months 
some months are going to be quite tough where your well-being might suffer but then once we get through you know these tough periods and I can delegate more work and build up the team more and more then we'll be ahead of the curve so mm. we're just trying to get back to there and even though it is stressful um, I am still very fulfilled in my role and that's what you know really gets me through as well yeah definitely um all right so can you share with us then some of your little tools and techniques that you use on a daily basis to help you keep in tip-top mental shape yep definitely so one of my favorite ones is um, actually called the success tracker that i use all day every day and i use this for my personal and um my personal and working life and what, what the whole what it stems from is um is the well-being circle have you ever seen the well-being circle no so it maps out like nine areas of your life and all seven to nine depending on what you include what you don't include and what you merge and it maps everything from relationships to work to health um all the key areas that you need for full fulfillment and well-being so to be happy and fulfilled in your life yeah and basically score that out of 10 on say a monthly basis and um, whatever works for you as well. Remember, there's not a one size fits all to any of these techniques. So you can chop and change and figure out, you know, what's going to be the optimal. And what works for me is sort of monthly uh, for that. And once I've mapped that out at 10, I can see the areas that I've got strength in and the areas of opportunity. And then what I do, and which helps me plan out my day and my life and to become fulfilled on a monthly basis, is that then I pick three areas on a monthly basis. Work is usually always in there. Mind up to be always in there because um, then I use the success tracker to basically help plan out my days and achieve all my goals. So what you do is those three areas go into a success tracker, which is like a spreadsheet with those three areas. And in that spreadsheet, every single day, you know, you can come into it or every week and you put um, three actionable things in each area, um, a minimum of three that you can do uh, within the next two weeks. So they're short, achievable goals that feed into your bigger goals mm. and your bigger well-being. And it, and it means that um, you're then always actually doing something rather than just focusing on the bigger picture. And you're breaking those goals down into small, achievable chunks and milestones. Yeah, and for work, I've actually adapted it. You know, I've got one um, that is predominantly just lined up now mm. where all my color code it as well. So all my tasks sort of go in there. They're color coded for what I'm going to do today, what I'm going to do this week is a different color. And then the ones that I'm going to do further than that, say in the next two weeks, um, are code colored in a different color. So then I've got lots of different things. I know what I'm doing today. I know what I'm doing this week always. And it's always adapting, evolving. And it's fantastic because you keep organized. You know what you're doing on any given day. You know your workload as well. And mm. you don't color, you can't fit something into your schedule that day. You don't color code it that day. So you can yep. actually map out the stressors. You can map out how busy your days are going to be. Um, so it's great, actually, to, um, to implement it. It's a tool that I've been working on for about two years with Jermaine, my life coach, to get nice. it there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and what it sounds like you're doing there is like almost setting yourself up for success. Because if you say to yourself, if you set yourself a goal, like over the next month, I'm going to meditate every day it's it's kind of unachievable because you know when are you going to meditate for how long for and are you really going to do that whereas if you're actually putting it as as kind of like almost mathematical as you are very writing lists and very achievable goals you you are most likely going to do it right 
definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's all about those um, things that you can do now. And that's mm. why it has to be within the next two weeks, because if you put something that is just so long term, you can't action. You need to pick an action that you can do in yeah. the here and now. And then you're actually you, you might not even when you're going through it, you might not even think you're doing much. You'll come you'll come back to the end of your week, the end of your day. And you'll think you'll be deleting all the stuff you've done as mm. you're doing. It. You'll think, yeah. wow, I mean, I've got loads of gaps now. Let me sort this out and move things up. And it's it gives you that sense of achievement every single day too that, that's great and I can imagine that sense of achievement being quite addictive um and also I think the the other thing with all this stuff is is people think that in order for them to be happy or, or feel content or whatever it is their goal is you know it's like a it's a really long road that they've got to go through but actually it's those really small things that you can do daily like as you mentioned there not checking your phone at lunchtime, the difference that that can make is, is huge, right? Yeah, definitely. Because you need times in the day where you switch off. Mm. So those times that you have your well-being hour or your half an hour are really good because it's like going away and coming back feeling refreshed. Like you've had a cold shower. Say if yeah. it was a physical sensation, this is like a sensation for your mind love it or like replace replace an afternoon coffee with a well-being half hour sort it yeah, <laughs> love it okay so that well-being circle maybe we could uh get a little like picture of that and add it to the notes for the listeners and they can have a little go with that themselves yeah definitely i've got a um i've got it on a presentation slide that i can send you a couple of screenshots of oh amazing yeah that would be so good love that so anything else that you that you do on a daily basis? Yeah, so I also do mindfulness practices as well. Sometimes in those well-being half an hour or hours that I have um, or just at general times in the day where I become, you know, overwhelmed, stressed. Um, they, they're a big help to basically bring you into the present moment and forget about that future worry or past worry. So um, I can also send you a picture of a screenshot of um, how this one works as well. Yeah. Uh, this one's very good because it is, um, it's something that I've adapted myself and anyone can adapt to because you can do, you can pretty much do any task while you're doing this and you can do it in the office, you can do it at home. And the whole point is you're engaging all your senses. So you'll first pick five things of, um, so first, you, sorry, you'll pick a task. Could be going for a walk, could be, um, picking up like a golf club going outside in your garden. It could be getting a football in your garden. It could be anything really. Um, even simple as doing the washing up. And what you do is you first engage your, your sight. So five things of sight, you know, 30 seconds on each. And that could be your shoelaces on the ground. The could be the stones on the floor, the clouds in the sky. And you're looking at the finer detail in each. Mm, you then look that. at four things of sight and then three things, so four things of sight. So you're really, again, the finer detail, 30 seconds on each, and then working your way through. Then you work your way through all of your other senses. So sound, taste, and touch as well. And you work your way, five things, four things, three things, two, three, one. And as you get to the end, and what happens is it starts getting very difficult to focus on the future. It gets very difficult to focus on the past. The only thing you can think about is the here and now which is great because after you've done this tool or technique, you know, for two to 10 minutes, it will probably take. Um, 
probably more like five to 10 minutes, depending on how quickly you're going through it. But you'll actually start to become so present that after it, feeling very refreshed and you'll take a moment to pause. And um, when you take that moment, you'll feel sort of complete relaxation as well. Yeah. So it's great then to come back even more productive and efficient to the task that you were doing. Mm, that's great. Yeah. I think um, I've led actually a meditation on that exact thing that you're talking about. And, you know, we call it when you engage your five senses, you activate your sixth sense, which is presence. Okay. And, and as you say, like when you're doing those things, it is very difficult to think about the past, to think about the future. And what you're essentially doing there is, is feeling, not thinking and, you know, tapping into intuition and all those magical things. So I love that. That's great. Yeah, no, no, it's a great, it's a great one. You can use anywhere as well, which is what I love. Mm. Yeah. And it is difficult because now we, everyone is kind of working from home and um, navigating through their working day, how, how things are at the moment. And if you are kind of rushing through to-do lists, email, all these different things, it's then very difficult to take the time out and, and not bring that rushiness into like eating your lunch or going for a run after work, whatever it might be. But it, so it's important that we take those, those five minutes or a minute to, to change that energy that we bring into things. Yeah, definitely. Those, those timeouts will um, be such important times of your day. Mm, so important. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, I guess that's why like I've heard so many people struggling with sleep at the moment, because if your head's running at a million miles an hour and then you, your head hits the pillow, it's like, how you, how do you think you're going to fall asleep in that, in that headspace, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Okay, cool. Love that. So um, some great kind of um, accessible things there for everyone to go away and practice. Um now, Joel, I want to talk to you about the, obviously you've, you've mentioned, you've touched upon it, the, the stigma around mental health with men. Um, how have you navigated your way through that? So um, I would say, I'd say the mental health or, you know, illnesses that I have, occur- that have occurred with me have been very, you know, generically, I think, I would say is the ones that I've experienced happen to anyone, you know, the long levels of depression, the feeling lost feeling, you know, I've, I've, I, um, cause I'm a life coach myself. I've had lots of private clients experiencing the same thing. I know even um, like my, my life coach, I see Jermaine, I know, you know, he experiences that with diverse groups of age, gender, race. It, it doesn't really matter who you are. And I think, um, that's, that's the key premise, that you can be anyone. You can be a top CEO of a billion-dollar company and still have these same issues, and that's something that people forget. It, it doesn't really matter who you are, and everyone everyone has you know mental health issues at some point in their life, and it's um, that's the whole point, I think, of the stigma, how it's changed over the last few years. People are starting to recognise that more and more, and at MindUp, that's something that we're really doing is... Um, trying to flip the culture within organizations and you mentioned male mental health that they actually one of our clients biggest clients dentons they had hardly any males booking for 
um, their uh, mental health solutions previously, we came in and we had um, almost six times, six X the number of males booking than what they previously had with their current solutions. Wow. Fantastic, really. But it just shows you, you know, that, um, you know, most of our bookings are pretty much 50-50 anyway. At the mm. thousand sessions on our platform, we're getting, you know, 40 plus percent males or females booking in any given month. So it's, it's fantastic, really, because it shows that it's pretty balanced. Yeah, that is amazing. And as you say, like we've all got, whether you're male, female, whatever, from a different culture or race or whatever, we've all got a mind and the mind is, is seductive. It plays tricks on us all. So we, we've got, we've all got to learn how to take control of our minds. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, everyone's mind is different, you know, to a certain extent. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, like, everyone's experienced maybe similar mental health issues, but it doesn't matter if you're male, female, any age group, you could experience the same as, as someone else, you know, totally different on the other side of the world, even, you know, different culture, different everything. You could have similar things. And that that's the key premise. You know, we're not alone in this space. Mm, 100%. And I think that's something that obviously Mind Up represents really well is just like, it's all encompassing. Any Anyone can can, you know, struggle and anyone can reach out yeah definitely that's amazing so um tell me joel have you always been this kind of have you always wanted to change the world <laughs> yeah i've always wanted to build something big that could change the world so mind up is my third business that i founded so my first one was um a tech platform, which was a online shift management software called Spinnacle. Mm. And, and my second was a business called Fruity, which is an online create your own fruit tea service, which I did in my final year of uni and just after. And then um, mind up my third. So I've always been entrepreneurial, trying to um, trying to build like, you know, business that can really help others as well. And mind up's given me uh, that passion and fulfillment that I love doing every day. So it's definitely the one that, you know, I'm sticking with and that I enjoyed the most out of all of them, but every single one has been a fantastic learning curve. Yeah. Are the, are the other companies still running Joel? No, no, no. they're not running. No, no. Um, so I am also very kind of driven and entrepreneurial and all that stuff, which I think is great, but I also think, in my experience, it's definitely come at a cost because it means that us high achievers can be very hard on ourselves and put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? Um, and sometimes the inner critic is very loud. So is that something you've experienced? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, sometimes with things that I'm really passionate about and that I'm really sort of perfectionist with, because I'm quite a perfectionist, I like to get everything correct and ready and in order on time delivered as well so you know sometimes you can take it too far and you know start treating it as life or death when you can be very hard on yourself and mm. then the pressure really piles but as long as you can balance it as well mm. and you know, be efficient as well as perfectionist then you start getting a real good balance because you're not going to dwell on things for too long and you're going to send things out efficiently and it's going to be of a very high quality as well at the same time and that's that that's the level where you're going to be at your happiest yeah 
definitely and I think if you are someone that um on a kind of career basis or on a personal level if you are someone that likes giving and helping others then it's really easy to neglect yourself and the more you say yes to others you know the more you do say no to yourself so it is really super important to find that that balance and and not give too much without giving enough to yourself yeah no definitely you've always got to take time out for yourself every single day Mm. that's the key to um really having a balanced life yeah 100 percent um so speaking of you know the the struggles and your mental health journey how have you found lockdown yeah i found lockdown okay actually because um i um the illness that i had for eight months which was undiagnosed um after that they actually when they treated it they caused a further complication so i'm still actually um in rehabilitation for that illness as well and still recovering from that so I even before lockdown started even last year I was still staying at home a lot and things because I was recovering from that illness and I still go to hospital pretty much every month or two at the moment still for things so for me it's been quite good to actually take some time out on a pause and um, have a real good detox in my life you know healthy eating and everything which is Mm. um which has been good, you know, from the hustle and bustle that, you know, we're used to. Yeah, definitely. And um, how are you feeling about going back to normal life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be, uh, you know, a really nice change. And um, it. I think everyone's used to lockdown now. So it'll probably uh, take some adapting to, you know, seeing people again for the first time, especially in large groups. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good summer, I reckon overall. Yeah, I think it's going to be a wild summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but having said that, I do think that, you know, we've been through such a huge experience collectively over the last year that us going back to normal life shouldn't be taken lightly. And we are going to go through ups and downs and uh, probably go through, you know, anxiety and all these different things that it's important to honour that. And look, and look after ourselves during this hugely trans transitional time, as I said. Yeah, 100%. All right, Joel. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on to the show, the podcast. Um, you really are such an inspiration and a force to be reckoned with, I think. <laughs> I feel like you're going to be the next Jay Shetty. <laughs> no, thanks very much, Grace. And it's been great. And I hope everyone's taken you know, something that they can learn out of this. And if you wanted to ask anything on the tools or techniques, you know, feel free to email me, joel at mindup.com. Happy to um, to help out with any of those too. Oh, that's so sweet, Joel. I love it. Thank you so much. And yeah, we'll, we'll add them to the show notes. Um, so yeah, Joel, I will speak to you soon and you have a, a wonderful day. Perfect. Thanks so much, Grace. And thanks everyone for listening as well. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you.